On Sunday, Hamas launched a wide-scale attack on southern Israel from land, air, and sea. Members of this militant group fired thousands of rockets into Israel while waging an invasion during which 150 people were taken hostage. In response, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared war on Hamas, vowing what we will do to our enemies in the coming days will reverberate with them for generations. You know, we all want results right here, right now, but it will take some time. But I promise you, dear citizens, at the end of the war, all our enemies will know it was a terrible mistake to attack Israel. What we will do to our enemy in the next few days will echo for generations. President Biden has vowed to stand with Israel and provide the country with military ships and aircraft in excess of the regular military aid they provide to Israel. Israel quick, quickly res resumed bombing densely populated areas of the West Bank, hitting high-rise residential buildings in the heart of Gaza. In addition, they have already committed a number of other war crimes, including killing three journalists, dropping deadly flesh-eating white, and subjecting trapped Palestinians to collective punishment by cutting off water, electricity, food, and medical supplies from reaching those in need. 1,800 lives have already been lost over the last few days, and nearly 200,000 Palestinians have fled their homes in Gaza. So this is what we're going to be talking about today on the left wing. Um, yeah, let's, what do you guys think about all of this? was an excellent intro, Erica. And I think, you know, there's, you could be speaking for the next several hours and only skim the surface yeah. of all of the context, all of the history of this conflict. And I think, you know, <laughs> if you follow me, you've seen me in the comment sections over the past uh, couple days going to war. And I'm, I haven't been doing that necessarily because like, I just am mad at people I'm doing it to try and understand the other side of this, because to me and to most of the left and basically everyone who actually understands what's going on, this is not some like complicated story. This is a very clear cut black and white moral issue. And we're going to if, if you're listening to this right now and you're disagreeing with that, we're going to get into it. But what I wanted to kind of preface this conversation about is. You don't have to have a solution for the conflict to know that what Israel is doing is wrong. You don't need to be able to say, oh, we should have a one state solution. Oh, we don't need we should have a two state solution to know that bombing innocent civilians is wrong. Apartheid is wrong. It's cutting off water, cutting off electricity to innocent civilians is wrong every time no matter who does it, and the context, the historical context of Palestine and Israel is irrelevant to the moral context of the decisions to kill innocent people that you know, Israel and Hamas are making right now. And that can be acknowledged because everyone always says, well, what should, what do you want Israel to do? And I just say, not kill innocent people shouldn't be that hard. There's a couple extra pieces of information that I want to add to the conversation before we continue. Um, following the attacks uh, by Hamas into Israel, um, it looks like Israel's you know government is now deploying over 360,000 troops. They are getting ready to lay a siege into Gaza. For those who are unfamiliar with Gaza, uh, not really don't really know too much about what's going on in this part of the world. The Gaza Strip is like one of the most densely populated areas on the planet. It is uh, about 25 miles long. 
about five miles wide. There are 2 million people there. The median age of the people who are there are is 19 years old. In fact, 43% of Gaza's population are children under the age of 14. Israel has complete control, complete control over who comes in of Gaza, who is able to leave Gaza. They have a blockade in front of the city itself so that you know they control if food gets in, if medical supplies get in, that's completely controlled by Israel. And as of right now, obviously, a lot of people heard that they were saying like, hey, we're going to attack targets in Gaza, so you need to get out, which people are like, where are they supposed to go? Because Israel controls who can leave Gaza, so they can't just get out. And, and they just as- bombed the airport and the exit through Egypt, so they can't even leave through that one exit. <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, it, 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 we'll have some we'll have some uh, some footage for everyone to see exactly what this devastation looks like. But as of right now, over one thousand targets have been hit within Gaza. And, and by targets, I want to I want to be more specific here. These are mosques. These are marketplaces. We are talking about apartment buildings. We are talking about just like community centers. The, the, it's just it's a city. It's comparable to Manhattan. When I was saying before that it's 25 miles long and there's like 2 million people here, that is equivalent to Manhattan, which is 22 miles long and has 1.6 million people. So I I know it seems a little hyperbolic maybe for some people to say this, but honestly, this feels like nothing short of what you describe as a war crime in my mind. For what we are seeing the government of Israel do to the people of Palestine, which is again, as you pointed out earlier, is collective punishment for what for what equated to be the acts of a thousand members of Hamas. Yeah, the the number one argument that people use who are on the you know pro IDF side is they say, well, listen. Hamas does all these evil things. Don't you think you should condemn the actions by Hamas? And look, I will go on the record. I have obviously saying, listen, yeah, Hamas does uh, participate in acts of terror that are indefensible no matter what the cause. Like, you know, you can fight for freedom without, you know, raping people. That's not necessary. Yeah, and it's it's and it's evil and it should be uh, condemned accordingly. However, like what Desmond said, why does that mean Hamas being bad does not mean that it's okay to cordon off 2 million people behind walls and guarded soldiers? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't mean it's okay to say Palestinians have to live under military law while Israelis live under civilian law. It doesn't make it okay for the fact that Palestinians and Israelis can't drive on the same roads. Like yeah. this is a, I, it's insane to me that it's an actual argument whether or not Israel is an apartheid state. Like, what what would an apartheid state look like to you? There are different there are differing rights for differing types of people. And also, oh, when people talk about like what Desmond mentioned, well, what do you want Israel to do? You know, they got all these attacks going on. It's like, okay, well, fine. They always say that. Uh, well, you know, the the IDF has no choice but to blow up schools and to blow up apartment complexes because Hamas, they're such cowards that they hide among the civilian population, which is an argument that just it just it it makes my blood boil because I would like you to point out where the headquarters for the Palestinian military is. Let me know. Like, like find it, tell me where it is, tell me about the command structure, tell me as well. Oh, you can't because the Palestinian military does not exist. They are not allowed to have a military. Mm-hmm. So so everyone in Hamas 
is a civilian. So what do you think they're doing when they're not firing rockets? They're in apartment complexes. They're in schools. They're in hospitals. So it's it's a bullshit argument. And I was about to say they know it. They, they don't know it. It's just been propaganda that's been fed to everyone in the United States for decades, like since before we were born. And the they don't they don't know the history of what happened here, which you can say with pretty much every single political issue in the United States. This one in particular is that the only construct we need to know Israelis good, Palestinians bad. Palestinians are evil because they're born that way, which is why it's okay to lock them away in cages and let them spend the rest of their lives. You know, their their children are born, they live and they die behind walls and like with water that's 90% of it is unfit for human consumption. The unemployment is at 50%. It is a nightmare. And if you want to say that, well, you know, Israel has right defense. Okay, does Palestine Do the Palestinians have the right to defend themselves? No one's interested in answering that question. That question I never hear. Whenever whenever Israel does countless war crimes, like not just like I'm just saying it's a war crime because I'm trying to be edgy, like the UN categorizes Israel's actions as war crimes. No one says anything, but whenever Hamas commits a war crime, everybody has to say okay would well, you do you condemn commit do you condemn hamas do you condemn hamas but you never get it from the other side that's the frustrating part to me see tj the the reason that people struggle with that at least in america is because and i'm playing armchair psychologist here but like i don't think that this is a fucking stretch if you were to acknowledge that israel is committing war crimes against palestine you also have to acknowledge that America is committing war crimes. And if you start with the assumption that America is the good guy and work backwards from there, then therefore Israel's incapable of committing war crimes because America's the good guy and we support Israel. And like that's so fucked up and it justifies so much abuse in this world because I'll tell you that the number one, the number one argument that I get back you know, is exactly what we're talking about here. Like, what do you expect Israel to do? Blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not about what we expect Israel to do. Like, they are the adults and like, they are in control. They, this is not a war. Americans genuinely think this is a war yeah. between Palestine and Israel. And maybe some of them can put in the nuance of, well, Palestine and Hamas are separate. And it's a war between Hamas and Israel, but it is not. By if this was a football game, it would be like the, the the Philadelphia Eagles playing my high school football team, but also my high school football team is down three men on the field. Like it's not close. And, and they're trapped on the field and they don't have food and they don't have exactly like, like, like it's yeah. it's insane. But that's the general American consensus. But if you actually force them to confront that. I that you can't because we we just said like Desmond you said they they hide behind civilians and it's like even past even past the idea of oh Hamas is hiding behind civilians on purpose it's like okay then so like you have the decision to press that button knowing that it's going to kill a civilian are you going to do it and like well yeah Hamas is hiding from them we can't let them do that it's like yeah but we can like we cannot press that button. We've been so propagandized in America to think that, yeah, you just have to kill civilians in war when you don't. It's an option. And yeah, there's going to be collateral damage, but it doesn't have to be that big. It doesn't have to be an airstrike. It doesn't have to be destroying civilian infrastructure. 
All of these things are choices. And in America, we have to pretend that they're not because our government does it. But that doesn't make it any less true that it's a fucking choice. I want to add that um, I believe that uh, Israel actually has more counts of using children as human shields than Hamas does. Um, so, yeah, the, the asymmetry here is so important to point out. Um, there is you have a global nuclear superpower that has direct funding from the U.S. that has made it a a the strongest country, basically, in the Middle East militarily. And then you have the Palestinians and Hamas, which that's not even they don't even have a military, as you've said, TJ. They don't have an army to defend them. They're, they are watching year after year after year as their civilians get targeted, their children get targeted with, by snipers, by sniper rifles. They have to watch these deaths that happen in front of their faces. They they get to watch Palestinian journalists, Palestinian-American journalists like Shireen Abu Akleh get gunned down on camera. And the international community does nothing. Everyone just stands by and lets it happen because it's Israel and America has their back. So, and, you know, they they continue to see the people die. The, the international community is not stepping up. So what are these people supposed to do? Who do they have to look to for support, for defense, for anything? You know, there, and it's really, really important to point out that Hamas, yes, they are detestable in a lot of ways. Um, but they are actually the creation of Israel. Israel funded Hamas, which began as uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, then Israel, the Intercept just did a long piece about this. It's well documented. Uh, you know, experts within the U.S. military and the Israeli military have confirmed all of this. Um, that basically, because Israel did not want to have a strong Palestinian liberation organization, they did not want the PLO, which was advocating peacefully for Palestine and Palestinian liberation. They don't want that because that looks really good to an international audience and and they are gaining support internationally. So what they did was they funded this radical militant Islamic group, gave them all these funding, fun, all these funds, built all of these facilities throughout Palestine. Um, and basically so that these two groups would go against each other and it would divide up the country and look look what they've done i mean this is a beast of their own making now everyone is blaming iran you know when really they should be blaming israel and the us for propping up these monsters um so yeah i i think it's just really important to point out that like this isn't this the, all of the blame for this is on in on the hands of the Israelis who have continued this blockade, who have continued this slow rolling genocide of the Palestinian people, and who then created Hamas to begin with, that is then biting them in the ass. Um, yeah, I don't know. It says that you know international humanitarian law says that denying food and other basic necessities to a civilian population could be considered a war crime. And that's something I also just want to like bring back to the forefront here. Israel has complete control over what goes in and out of Gaza. So they are essentially caging people into a 25-mile block, and they are bombing it indiscriminately. And they're not allowing people to go in other than their own military, and they're not allowing anyone to come out. This is a war crime. It is. And honestly, you know, 
for those who are waiting for the whole video to say Hamas is bad, Hamas is bad. We've said it multiple times. Hamas is bad. You know, they'll I, still I, ask. They'll still yeah, ask. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, and it's like... I personally, I I condemn what Hamas does. I don't want to see civilians killed in any way, shape, or fashion. And honestly, it makes no sense for what Israel is doing on so many different levels, but. If there's anyone out there who thinks that Israel has to go about it this way, let me just take one second to provide one piece of context here. We spend approximately $90 billion a year here in the US on intelligence. That goes to the NSA, that goes to the FBI, that goes to the CIA. We give that access, that intelligence access to Israel at will. They could very easily use that intelligence to go into Gaza and find specific people who are in Hamas if they wanted to. They're not using that. They're just bombing people indiscriminately. So this, there really is honestly no excuse for this whatsoever. And the takes that we've seen online, the takes, the so many people who just seem so okay with this. They're just like, well, that's what they deserve for being brown for being born yeah. for being of a different religion like like honestly like, animals think, right think to yourself truthfully speaking here you're in a city of two million people that hamas is a group that has twenty five thousand members do you have control over everyone in the city that you live in do you have control over all this kind of stuff and they say oh well they elected hamas yeah 17 years ago there hasn't been an election since then so it's not exactly and and 50 percent of the population is younger than 17 it, it, yeah. there you go so the median age of the whole of the whole like area is 19 years old which, so it, which honestly, doesn't happen naturally by the way yeah. right yeah. it's because people because they don't live that long because mm -hmm. you know i mean this is it's unbelievable and as you said earlier tj you know one in ten people in gaza have access to clean water and you know they say oh well the god you know people of gaza should be finding more peaceful ways to protest they've been doing that for years they have been doing that for yeah. years so like yeah. eventually when people are caged up like this you're going to see violence spilled over the one thing that we haven't seen israel try is uh maybe letting these people be free maybe yeah maybe, maybe that could be the, the answer yeah. here but honestly, yeah. I, I want to also say this before the October attacks, this was already the deadliest year ever recorded for Palestinian children hmm. already before hmm. the October attacks. So let's not make this out to be as though like Israel is really just the good guy just protecting itself like they have caged up an entire group of people and made them into second class citizens at the backing of the largest like nation on the planet. And there is no repercussions for any of this. Yeah, and what I, I'm sorry, I, I was going to say, what's, what I find even more chilling is also the fact that Benjamin Netanyahu, the conservative prime minister of the country of Israel, he, when he said that what we're going to do to these people over the next like few days will echo for generations, that is a yeah. just sadistic and barbaric because you know he, you know exactly what he's trying to say. He said we are going to. He essentially is implying we're going to go in there and destroy this city. And now you're having people back at home here who are like you know Congress or former ambassadors of the UN, Nikki Haley, who is also saying that we need to just wipe them all out. Mike Pence is saying the same thing in interviews on Fox News. They're also trying to like find ways to tie Iran to this kind of like you know, placate the idea that we should be going into war with Iran right now. This is this is unbelievable what we are seeing here. And I am fearful for what comes next. We are recording this on Tuesday, the 10th. And I just I'm very fearful of what we're going to see over the next few days. Desmond, I, I wanted to add just a little bit of facts uh, to what you just said about 
how they've tried peacefully protesting. And they've done this on many, many occasions. But just one occasion uh, back in March 2018, Palestinians in Gaza launched uh, the Great March of Return, a series of weekly mass demonstrations where they get along the fence that separates the, the, the Gaza Strip from uh, the rest of Israel, and they peacefully protested. Like everyone is saying, well, they should try this. What happened? They were slaughtered. Uh, 214 civilians were killed. 46 of them were children. Uh, the Palestinian forces injured 8,000 more with live ammunition. Ammunition. A total of 156 of those injuries had to have limbs amputated. More than 1,200 patients require long-term complex and extensive therapy and rehabilitation, and tens of thousands more require psychosocial support, none of which is widely available in Gaza due to the blockade by Israel. I just read that from Amnesty International's report saying that Israel is legally an apartheid state. And I want to make something clear. A lot of people seem to be confused by this. A lot of people seem to think that when I say Israel is an apartheid state, that's an opinion. Like when I say someone's mm -hmm. a fascist. <laughs> no, it's a legally defined definition. It's not some nebulous thing that everyone defines for themselves. There's a legal definition to apartheid. And that is when you have a system of oppression putting one ethnic group in domination over the other and you use uh, uh, crimes against humanity to further that system. That is the definition of apartheid. And clearly, by Israel's own fucking words, they meet that definition. Israel has clearly stated that they wish to maintain a majority Jewish population in Jerusalem that should be it right there, people. Anytime, like if, if, if you said in America, oh, we want to maintain a majority Christian control of the population. Yeah. How the, what, what, how the fuck would that go down, guys? Like genuinely, how the fuck would that go down? You would clearly see how fucking awful that is. And yet when Israel admits to doing it, they just go out and say, we're going to cut off water and electricity to a civilian population. That's a war crime by definition. They admit to doing it. We watch them doing it and no one seems to give a shit. And that is what is so fucking frustrating about this entire situation is that this isn't like, I know my opinion is right. This is the facts yeah. are just not being discussed here as if they are real when they are. Uh yeah, controversial take here, but ethno states are bad. That's 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 uh I don't know. I'm way out of pocket here, but if if the qualifications for citizenships are citizenships based on your race and religion, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good thing that we shouldn't be uh celebrating. And also with uh John, you mentioning the uh the uh the, the great march for liberation. Uh, I know someone's going to say this because I've, I've heard it many times that, well, you know, the Israeli soldiers at first didn't fire on anyone until they were attacked. Do you know what those attacks consisted of? They consisted of a couple of people Rocks. rolling a burning tire into the at the army from the other side of the fence. <laughs> and children throwing rocks at tanks. That's what justified them slaughtering dozens of people at a time. Like, that's how Palestinian people... They they are just denied humanity every day, every day. They, they, like you said, like they say they're animals. They treat them like animals, and and Americans don't give a shit about it. They they, they don't. And one thing, I, an example I like to use when I'm talking about this issue towards Americans, because listen, in a way, I don't blame 
uh, most people for their view on this issue. I don't because Americans don't know the politics, you know, in their county, let alone the politics across the world. They don't. And so, you know, they they're taught narratives that, you know, they just buy into. And, you know, they think that I think, well, we've all mentioned that it's some sort of fair fight that, oh, we got two different groups of people. They both have, you know, roughly the same amount of power and different ideas. And they've been fighting. They've been fighting for thousands of years, like they always like to say and all that. Say, no, that that's not what's going on here. But here's what I like to use an example. Imagine if tomorrow morning the U.N. came out with a declaration saying, you know what? The Native Americans are like the actual owners of the United States. That's their ancestral land. And, you know, the United States stole that away from them. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a brand new country that's going to be controlled by the Native Americans. And it's going to comprise like 85 percent of the continental United States. We're going to shuffle away all the Americans into like Utah or something. And if, if a Native American wants to take your house, you have to give it to them. And if you put up any resistance at all, we're going to, you know, reenact the first intifada and kill thousands of you and lock you away in prison for the rest of your life. How do you think your average or every American would react to that? Would they react the same way that they're expecting the Palestinians to act now? Hell no. No one would stand for it. But no one thinks about it that way. They think that this is just something that, oh, it's an unfortunate situation. But uh, I don't know. They just got to do what they're told. Just comply. I mean, look, there's all these pronouncements about the need to that they're going to do everything they can to avoid civilian casualties. It is really worth emphasizing here that Israel has bombed Gaza many, many times before. And Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International and even Israeli human rights organizations like B'Tselem say that this is not at all what Israel's conduct is. There isn't an effort to minimize civilian casualties, that there is mass indiscriminate bombing of civilian areas. And frankly, we're watching that unfold right now as well. Um, the policy is essentially to, to punish the entire Palestinian population, cutting off electricity to all of Gaza, preventing anybody in Gaza from coming in and out. This is an act of collective punishment. And this is exactly the trajectory that we unfortunately are on. I think what we're going to see is much greater death um, that's going to cover the entire Gaza Strip. And at the end of it, Palestinians are going to remain a population that is captive and under an illegal siege, as recognized by the UN. And we're only setting ourselves up towards another round of this in the future. What we need right now is the world community to come together and start dealing with this issue seriously, understanding that this policy of giving Israel a carte blanche to behave however it wants towards Palestinians um, is not a, a way to actually achieve long-lasting peace. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The one thing that has not been tried so far is allowing Palestinians to be free of Israeli occupation and military dictatorship. Um, and until we start taking Palestinian grievances seriously, until Israel starts seeing Palestinians as equal human beings who are deserving of the same human rights and decency and dignity that Israelis enjoy, I'm afraid we're going to be stuck in this situation for a very, very long time.